Hello everyone, this is a Discord conversation. My name is Job and today my guest is Jacobs. Hi Jacobs, what brings you to the Discord? Hi, um, there's, there's a lot. Um, I would say one thing would be um, like the idea of self-growth in a way can't really be done within oneself completely. Mm -hmm. um, I think ultimately like only trying to do that would lead to like a decadence in a sense. Um, like you can't, because of there's no outside change, it's harder to get to a new place. So you would need, it, it would help if other people were there to provide you with new perspectives. Like in that sense, a community is good, and like also like, it's just nice to have people to like communicate to that you're on like the same wavelength with, right? Sure. There's not a lot of people that I know would be even willing to do a conversation like this, right? Like just sit down for like a good amount of time and just talk. Oh, it does um, sound like you have a bit of a backstory. I'm interested. A backstory? Um. Well, it sounds like you do. Like you're saying, I want to grow. I'm looking for, you know, this sort of community to interact. So, you know, how'd you find this place? And what, what drives you to come here? Well, actually, I, I had a conversation with uh, Paul Vanderclay. And then that's how, and like before, like, that's how I kind of came across this Discord. Um, and like, I think like, ultimately, one of like the biggest driving factors for me was that like for a lot, of uh I'm, I'm i'm like 20 so i'm pretty young so when i say a lot of my life it's not much life i'm talking <laughs> about but um but like yeah for for the most of it i would say um i was not really an agent inside of my own life i was always expecting like outside forces to compel me to do the things that i always wanted to do mm -hmm. um so like at, at like at like one point I was I just came to the realization and this was after I I started to trend towards becoming an agent that like that was what was happening and like I don't know it's I just find it interesting that like that was that change was something that I could only see once I was outside of it and like that idea I've been thinking about a lot as well so you were kind of drifting along and you decided to start rowing, sounds like. Right, right, right. And like, it, I don't know, it, it might have something to do with like, I, I love, I love like uh, fiction. And I still love fiction, but like, I, I like devoured it when I was younger. Um, so like, I think, I think I ingrained in myself um, the narrative really hard where like, things happen to you right um and then you react to it mm -hmm. so like, yeah i guess that's why like i thought like that or, or like one of the reasons i'm sure the myriad um yeah and then i stumbled across one of paul's videos after a conversation i had with another person i reached out to he's he's a he's a musician on soundcloud and then from there well, he, he actually recommended me Rebel Wisdom, and I I tried to watch a couple of videos, but, like, a lot of it was pretty pithy and, like, over my head, and, like, uh, and then I came across Paul's videos, because, like, oh, because I'm, I'm from, like, a Christian background, right? So, like, there was a pastor on Rebel Wisdom, I'm like, oh, okay, a pastor, this, this should be easier <laughs> to get, right? Sure. So that's how I found Paul, and then from there I kept watching his videos, saw the conversations, and then had the combo with him. Did that one get uh, published? Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's under like the Korean American one. I think that's the title somewhere. Sorry, repeat that one. I, I had trouble hearing it. Um, oh, the, the something Korean. Like something... Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Were you the person who was like uh, uh, accosted by a cult on your campus? That was not me. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that is not me. I'm. I'm pretty. I must have seen yours. 
no. Paul has way too many conversations. I can't keep them all straight in my head. Right, yeah. It's fairly difficult. So when you're saying you started to take control, you know, was there anything in particular you, you really wanted to grab onto? Um, see, like, the the thing is, is I, I, did, I don't think I made that decision with that idea in mind as in I'm taking control. Um, I just started to take more action in in my life, I suppose. So I just started to do things more. Um, so I, I like reached out to people. I started initiating more conversations. Um, but I think like specifically like one project I'm trying to go through right now is um, I'm trying to read all of the great philosophers in uh, chronological order wow. from like the past to now. So like I'm trying to trace like the thoughts and like the conversation being had across the different eras as it progresses. So like right now I'm on Aristotle, for instance. And, um, so I'm just trying to go through a few of his books, like um, like his ethics or metaphysics or etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then like before that, I I did Plato's Republic, so there was that as well. How did you like uh, the Republic? Cause it's it's one I would like to read at some point, but I mean, would you recommend it? Um. So, I'd say his end point is, I'd say the points that he's making are, are kind of, kind of laughable. Like, he, like, makes his argument for this, like, utopia, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's, the utopia is, like, built on a lie right um about like the fundamental nature of people and like he even says like like it's kind of like it's kind of morally ambiguous what he was proposing but like he says like that and then like also the idea of like like a dictator or like a king right that's also a philosopher that's like another like another point that he pushes and like ultimately i don't think that kind of society is like possible or even if it was possible the enforcement or the implementation of that society would be totalitarian at best um but like i would say it was it was completely worth reading just to see how he approached the topics and the logic that he implemented as well as just like the writing itself um because because it's written in like the dialogue form like I, I felt like the characters were real. I could totally see these these characters in real life walking around talking. They they had a sense of life in them that mm-hmm. I don't usually see in other um I don't know what to call it. It's not really a work of fiction, but like it didn't happen, so like I don't know. Like but Yeah, yeah and like it just made me sorry, go ahead. So uh I was gonna say he wants the city to be run by by like wise philosopher kings, right? um essentially but like below that he also goes into how like the working class and like the different tiers of citizenship would work um it's like ultimately meritocratic oh but like the merit like it's ingrained at birth kind of right so like the idea is that you're born and then depending on your abilities you're given this metal identity right so like gold silver bronze etc hmm and then, like, it, it's it's also like, um, uh, what is it called? Like human breeding programs. What are, what are those called? Oh yeah, it's sort of eugenics. Right, right, yeah. It's very like eugenics based. So like, people of X tier can only marry with people of X tier <laughs> to try to get the highest chance of getting oh. like another gold or another silver or whatever. But, like, he makes it clear that, like, it's possible to get a gold from, like, two silvers or whatever. So, like, in a sense, that's, like, under, like that's, like, you know, more passable in today's standard. Right. Um, another, like, he's, like, 
surprisingly progressive in a sense towards women compared to his times. Um, he ultimately like reasons in his way that women are like inferior though in like to men in almost every single way. But he does like say that like even despite that, women should like still do the things that men do, even if they are completely inferior in every way. So it's like it's a mixed bag of ideologies and ideas, I think. In ter- like like looking back on it by now, right? Like in terms of like his time, that's like he's like you know breaking new ground. He's literally like the biggest brain, <laughs> um, and like I think I think without reading it, I wouldn't have understood how fundamental and how like how intelligent really and how wise uh, the people. I would say like like the Greek philosophers even were, uh, were. Because I think I think implicitly in my in the back of my head, I always thought, oh, they're in the past, right? Like they're just like how smart could they be, right? Like, um, but like that wasn't. I didn't even realize that. I always looked at like, oh, like I should respect them, but I didn't really respect them, and I didn't understand that until after I read his book. Right. That like these people deserve respect, and like I have a lot to learn from. Yeah, it's it's not like people back in those days just just you know were, were knuckle draggers just because they didn't have the internet, which right yeah like yeah, like in that sense like I'm more of a mouth breather than they ever could even imagine to be. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not that right. I'm claiming you are, by the way. But uh, what what do you think of Plato's ideas on? Uh, since you say you come from a Christian background, what do you what do you think of his ideas about the one and and aiming for the good and all that? I would say it's it's kind of inevitable in a sense that he would think like that hmm. because to not think like that would like lead ultimately to nihilism. I think to think that there isn't an ultimate good, right? That everything is shades of gray, but like without just one shade of gray, right? Like that nothing really matters. Cause if you can't make a value hierarchy that you can put on a group of people, um, I don't know how, Hmm. I don't think I'm making much sense right now. That's all right. You can take your time collecting your thoughts. I mean, when I first read him, at least I read a part about Plato in a book called The Cave and the Light. Uh, it, It just struck me how much the way that he refers to that, that indivisible one and that good, how much that reminded me of Christianity which is probably because of Paul. Uh, I mean, the Apostle Paul. But uh, yeah, I wondered how you looked at that since you've actually really read the guy. Yeah, I think... I think he comes at it from a different angle. Like, I think he arrives at the place differently than like how like Christians do. But like he arrives at that place through just pure logic, like with what he knows, right? Um, rather than being told. So like I think he ultimately like that idea of the good could be seen analogously with God, since I think what he speaks of is good. Um but And like I think I think him describing the good in that sense also lets Christians see like like more deeply and a clearer vision of what God truly is, right? But I think Actually there's no but I think that that's just that's just what I think about his take on the one or the good. Mm. And then um, for, from Plato you went to Aristotle and I mean, I actually don't know, but I'm assuming that in his writings as a student of Plato, he does he refer to Plato a lot? And how does he, you know, how do those two compare to you? 
Well, I guess first I'll say um, I tried metaphys. I tried to start with metaphysics, and then I just smashed into a brick wall. <laughs> um, the difference between metaphysics and the Republic was to such a degree that, like, it was like it was a very jarring transition into Aristotle, to say the least. Um, and then there was like a lot of, I think, prior terminology that he was using that I didn't, like, I've never seen before and I didn't understand. Um, so, like, I, 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 like, struggled through, like, a book and a half and, like, eventually I came to the, like, I, I decided, like, this was not very useful. Um, like, I'm the diminishing returns I'm getting on my efforts in this book are just so high. It would be, it would be foolish to push on any further without, at the very least, reading his prior books. So instead, I transitioned into, or like I just decided to do another one of his books, uh, Nicomachean Ethics, uh -huh. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only um, heard of it. <clears throat> right, so that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I would say, like, I don't know how much of his books are are just of him, rather than, like, of, like, whatever school that he was in charge of and, like, whatever teachers... Because, like, they, I looked into it a little, and, like, in the text, um, it says we, like, a decent amount. And, like, turns out, like, uh, most of his works aren't, like, word by words by him, but more, like, teaching, um, like, teaching supplies, in a sense, used by, like, um, a, a lot of the teachers, so... There's like that to put in mind, so I can't put all of it 100% into Aristotle's mouth, but the way he talks about Plato is like, the way he talks about most other philosophers is pretty funny, like, he just completely, like, if they're wrong, he just... He just says they're wrong, real blunt, like, like it's there's no there's no tact. <laughs> he just cuts them down. Um, even like even Plato, like he he does give Plato credit here and there, but like if Plato's wrong, like he just gets straight to it and just starts dismantling. Like there's like a refreshing amount of <laughs> just like intellectual honesty. Getting to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to watch in a sense, <laughs> just because of um. Yeah, yeah. So, that's that's how I would answer your question in in accordance to Plato. But again, I've only I haven't even finished the complete book yet, right? So, it, have, have it's hard you... to say. Do I really understand Aristotle, or do I really understand like how his approach to Plato is? So you've been I'd reading say... a lot about ethics and how society should work. Like, has it changed your ideas on these things? Um, I would say more than change my ideas. I am just discovering what I already knew, put into words. Huh. Um, so. I guess for like, it's it's odd when I when I whenever I read them too. It's, and I think I don't. I, I think it makes sense actually, um, since they are literally our progenitors in terms of higher thought, as it were. But like every time I read them, it it feels more like I'm discovering something that I already knew rather than discovering something completely new that I had that I literally could not fathom before. Um, I guess for an example I can give is like the idea that like excellence in a sense lies between like two ends, one of one being like deficiency and one being excess. So like an example of that would be there's courage, right? So that's like something that we want, right? Sure. That's something that we would describe as good. So to have too much of courage, right, would be considered like rash, right? It would, it's not something that we would want or aspire for in people. 
And then having too little courage would lead to uh, cowardice, right? Mm -hmm. so, so getting to courage, in a sense, is finding that sweet spot between rashness and cowardice. Sure. But, like, he expounds on it even more. Um, human beings have an inclination towards one or the other, both in the general sense and then in the personal sense. So another example would be temperance, right? I think it's the word that he uses. So too much, or like the, the deficiency of temperance would be overindulgence, right? Or gluttony in a sense. But the opposite, too much temperance is so rare that we don't even have a name for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, in that way, you can see, right? Like we are inclined to one or the other. And like the solution to getting, trying to get to the middle, since like just aiming for the middle is extremely difficult. It's just heading in the opposite direction of the one that we are more inclined to, whether in general or personal. So, huh. like this th this idea, right? It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, it's kind of like getting some escape velocity. All right, all right, and like it's, I, I think it's like become a common wisdom, right? Like, um, like aiming for the middle, right? Like, don't have too much or too little, right? Like this this idea has been like, I think in, is like pretty ingrained in like what we think is common sense. But like, why is that, right? And like, I think you would have to look back here and point, you could point at the beginning of this, right? So I think just that is fascinating too, just seeing the roots in a sense of how we think, like I just laid out in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, these, these particularly these two were hugely, uh, what's the right English word, formative in our society and, and how our, particularly Western civilization works. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that you would run into things that you felt you already knew. <clears throat> Who comes after Aristotle? Um, I was thinking of doing either... Well, I guess, like, if I were to keep following in chronologically, um, I'd have to I'd have to look it up, but I think it's Augustine. Really? And then I would do Aquinas or Aquinas or however you say it. Uh huh. But I'm not I'm not sure which one is actually first. So I'd have to I'd have to look into it, but like somewhere around there. I think Augustine is is uh, is pre-Aquinas because Aquinas is medieval and Augustine lived in the Roman times. Well, that's that's what I'll do then. <laughs> yeah, you might like uh, Augustine's uh, Confessions. They're they're just I don't know. Are you are you Catholic by by denomination? Um. So officially, my church is Presbyterian, but I hold no real denominational ties to anyone. I, I don't even know what it means to be a Presbyterian. So. Oh, okay, because I was going to ask you, because I don't know either. <laughs> I don't think that exists where I live. <clears throat> oh, where, where do you live, by the way? Netherlands. The Netherlands? Yes. So, yeah, no, I, I don't know if we have Presbyterians over here. Maybe we call them something else. I have I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm as ignorant as you are. That's your next thing to read about, I guess. So I, I am I'm interested in, 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 okay, you said you decided you wanted to do this stuff. Like, why this? Why read about these philosophers? Like, has it to do with with your school or like what what are you trying to to become so it's i can think of two reasons right now off the top of my head um and like i think i think to explain one i'd have to explain why i would roughly categorize myself as a christian it's 
Ah, uh, it's a, it's like a fudgy thing. So, I basically like to put it sh- blunt or shortly. I started off by not believing, right? Okay. Um, I thought Christianity was just something that you fed to the masses, right? Like, <laughs> oh, people use this to feel better about themselves. Sure. So, like, I use that as like as like leverage to make myself seem more intelligent or whatever, right? Uh huh. And then I. At, at some point, I, I decided to, I realized that I actually didn't know anything about Christianity. Like, I, I've read the Bible more than the average person, but other than that, I know nil, right? So, like, it would be hypocritical to say that I know this, and therefore I can make a judgment like that, right? Like that, and, like, and say that it came from myself, right? So, like, the ideas that I were spouting weren't really mine. They were, like, the dregs or like the the background of the pieces of media or the people that I experience or talk to or see, right? So I decided to give Christianity a real try, a real shot. So, and like also in another sense, I was like a nihilist, right? Huh. So I, I was coming from nihilism but like from within like a Christian like community. So like ultimately I, I, I like realized that like if, if I stick with nihilism, true nihilism, not like a coward's nihilism, um, I would have to kill myself. That's right. Yeah, I agree. The cliche, but existence is suffering. Why prolong suffering and your life, right? Yeah, no, I know it well. Or, right. Or, right. Uh, let's say you listen to your body's, like, what is natural, right? Your body wants to live. Okay. You want to live? Great. Um, you have you need to make a value hierarchy, though. What are you doing to make your value hierarchy? Well, I would put whatever I want, right? It's whatever my desires would. Okay, seems good enough. So then how would you interact with other people, right? How would you stack those desires right who what comes first what comes last if you have desires that go against another person and like ultimately the only dis- deciding factor will be strength right it would be power um and like also in that in that framework right i could not if somebody were to stab me in the stomach right i could not I could get angry at them, but I could not blame them of anything. I could not say that they were doing wrong, right? Sure. If somebody were to come kill my firstborn, right? Like, I I should feel anger only in the sense that they have done something that I did not want, right? Not of the thing in and of itself that they did, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, with with all that in mind, (laughs) it's not really a world that I would want to live in. Um, so I decided to try Christianity, give Christianity a try, right? Because I think out of all of the other religions, this is the one that has the most legs in a sense. Um, so right now I am banking on or trying to take advantage of the verse, uh, seek, um, or how does it go? Like knock on the door and it will be open for you. Yeah. Um, what kind of father gives a son a snake? Like like that verse, right? Uh-huh, yeah. I think it's in Matthew. So like I I am seeking, <laughs> I I I am trying again. Like and this ties back to right, like being an agent. So like I am I am seeking and I am trying and like hopefully I can see God in a sense <laughs> through this. How but also ago? in like, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, like real real quick, just like see God and like. In like the sense that like since God is everything, right? God makes up the entire fabric of this universe, right? Yeah. So then, in understanding more things, right, I can understand God more in that way, right? Like, if the universe is x out of infinity, right, and knowing things adds to x, then like, as you get to know things, you un- you would un- understand God more, right? Because you know more of infinity. Which like sounds kind of dumb, but like that's that's what I'm going with. 
don't know if that's dumb per se. I mean, it depends on how you relate to God. Like, okay, if God is that which is true and good and beautiful, well, the more you interact with that, the more you interact with God. How long yeah, ago was this? I mean, that you started this? What was um, like the books? No, that you said, okay, I'll give Christianity a chance. How long ago was that? Oh, um, that was like, I don't know, three, four years ago, maybe. How but did... like, I, I said that, but I, I haven't, I didn't quite get to the whole agency part yet. So I was still just kind of sitting around hoping things would happen. And then from there, so like from some point from there to now, I started exhibiting agency and then I came across that verse again and I saw my life through a new context and then like that verse held meaning to me so no yeah, yeah. I can see why so how did people around you respond to that well I have been told anybody like explicitly that this is what I was doing um or actually I did. Um, I did tell one person. But like I I I don't know what they think. <laughs> I haven't really asked them. But I, I take it they they've people around you have seen that you've changed or at least have become more I don't know, let's say confident or assertive. You've you've be, started to attend church. Or did you already do that? Yeah. No, I, I always attend the church. Like, it was funny. I was a nihilist, but my only sense of grounding or community was in the church because, like, in school, I, I despise school for, like, a myriad of reasons. But, like, one of the reasons at school, or, like, in general, I think around that time was because I did it, and I still don't really understand like how a relationship works in like a more fundamental level, right? Like what does it mean to be like call someone a friend, right? What does that what does that entail exactly from the two parties involved? Like what at what point do you not become friends? Do you become friends, right? Like what actions will lead to that kind of ideas, right? Like but like, I, I saw the relationships that I had and the relationships that I were seeing at my school to be like these shallow nothings, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I didn't want to connect to anybody at school. I thought all of them fools, right? So like the church advocated for deeper relationships, right? Through Christ, right? And like the kind of culture that was in place was that you told people like your your deepest darkest troubles right this was a place where you can do that and you can feel that sense of community come around you right in, wait in but, school no no in, in the church <laughs> oh right well, sheesh okay but well, it's an interesting school but no okay yeah go on no uh, so like that was kind of like there were there were times right it was like ritual in a sense or like there were retreats or they were like lock-ins or whatever. And like from there you could be vulnerable, right? But I saw a shallowness in that because um, personally, right? I, I partook in that ritual, right? And I was able to get like whatever, like healing or whatever, right? That, that ritual offered, that sense of community friendship. But outside of that, right? there wasn't much um, interaction or communication like outside of church, right? Like I didn't ask my church friends to go hang out outside of like Sunday or like I didn't really like have conversations with them, right? Like, so like, again, I was drawn back to what is a true relationship, right? What is a true friendship? And like, in a sense, like a lot of those things were because like, again, I didn't exhibit a sense of agency, right? Mm -hmm. I was never the one reaching out to people. So like 
it was kind of it was kind of foolish to think in that way um well like that was like that was one of the reasons why i was getting disenchanted by the church like i thought that like that culture was like shallow ultimate right it was exchanging one evil for another in a sense have you read peterson at all um no i've and like yeah no not not at all okay i do wonder what you would think of his ideas and a lot of what he says is is about relations and how how we relate to another and uh and, and how to deal with with things like okay you know just expecting things to happen and when when you when you have that sort of mindset that it can easily lead to resentment and i've recognized that in myself like okay it's very easy to just expect the world to come hand you things and then when it doesn't happen to grow resentful which is just such a yeah i, I really try to keep watch <laughs> that familiar. yeah it's just i don't know man if you ever get to uh get through all those philosophers you might like reading peterson it, uh... Yeah, he's definitely <clears throat> on my radar for sure, especially considering how much everybody seems to talk about him. But like, <clears throat> like he came up around like 2016, right? Yeah, the probably about that time, like with the whole Bill C16 uh, controversy. So I was like 16 then. So like, I I literally. <clears throat> saw nothing of him in that time and like so yeah like i just i just have no no prior knowledge whatsoever about his work or what he was going for until i reached this community so like yeah it'd be interesting to see like his work and like what he's about yeah i think you're rare in that sense here that you came in like directly through pvk and and some rebel media but most people here found pvk through peterson so you're probably one of the more unique individuals when it comes to how they found this place i don't think i've seen you interact all that much on on text channels or is it just because time zone differences so I don't really like using text <clears throat> to communicate um, as as like um, as bad as I am with words i I don't think text can truly communicate or express in the way that I want it to, and like I, this is like another part of it right is like that gap of prior knowledge that each person has as they look at a piece of text right mm -hmm. so like i could spend a paragraph and send it to somebody and then i would have to send another two paragraphs explaining what that paragraph means right like that's that's kind of like the the place that i would end up at so like i don't really communicate a lot during the text stuff um i'm usually there for the like the friday even like the thursday uh, Q and A's. Yeah, sure. Or just like the discussion time. But like I, <laughs> I don't really do well in groups, so I, I usually just listen. But um, I I I I devour like all of Paul's content, so you know. <laughs> oh, I mean it's perfectly that, fine, man. I'm not trying to guilt you in anything, cause but I just got this this DM from you saying, hey, can we have a conversation? I think, oh, who's this guy? I haven't seen him before. So I was uh, pleasantly yeah. surprised. Yeah, <clears throat> no, but and given the books yep. you read, I think you could really contribute here, but it's solely up to you, man. Yeah, no, like I, I'm 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 down to have like conversations. Like again, like I, I also <laughs> I don't I don't know why I'm coming at this. Like I'm trying to um like I'm guilty or something, but <laughs> <laughs> like trying to make up for this. Like I don't know why I'm framing it like that, but um, like I'm here, I, I'm in the community for a reason, right? Like, and I joined it for, joined it for a reason. And, I'm, and, and like, a part of that is why I reach out to you, right? And I think I want 
to be a part of this community more. It's just I can't really do it through text. Um, so like it would have to be through like <clears throat> more meetings or discussion groups or etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that's that's what I would say in response. Like I I and like uh, like an example of this right would be the fact that I joined like the Chicago um, meetup group. I don't know what to call it, sect. <laughs> um, the Chicago branch, as it were, of the Bridges of Meaning Discord, and I partake in their weekly discussion meetings or monthly discussion. So. Uh, is that a server here, or is that like in in? Um, yeah, is that where Sam oh, Adams yeah. and those people hang out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a separate server. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that explains. I don't know about it. Because uh, you aren't in Chicago yourself, right? Where are you? Um, I live in Hoffman Estates, so it's like one of the more westward suburbs. Of Chicago? Right, of Chicago, yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, that, that whole state and metro is like the size of my country, so it's it's kind of strange <laughs> to think about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, my home country could fit in one of these states, so <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 strange. Yeah, it's some countries it shouldn't be so big. It's, it's ridiculous. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I wanted to ask you. Uh, you might like, by the way, I can probably hook you with a, hook you up with a couple of people who would love to do like a voice communication on. Uh, you'd be on Randos United. Talk about you know the stuff you're reading and like uh, Trip uh, loves the old philosophers and. There's probably a couple more people who've read them here that I can think of right now. Yeah, uh, if you're up for that. I would, I would love that. And like, especially because I'm, I'm always, I'm like, I'm looking for ways in which I can better understand this content. And like, I'm coming at it from like a completely fresh angle. So like, I haven't done any prior reading, but like, I think it would be fascinating to see other perspectives and like ideas on approaching these philosophers, so. Oh. Yeah, I would love that. Please. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I mean, recently some some folks there did a, a whole video on uh, on uh, Thomas Aquinas. So yeah, it might be spoiler warnings for you, but you know that's the sort of stuff that goes on there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I want to ask you, what do you study? What are you studying for? Um, so I was actually taking a gap year this year. Um, so I'm going to go back into school in the fall. But I was studying computer science and hoping to major in that field. But now I am hoping I want to go into philosophy. Oh, you don't like money. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the trade off, right? That's that's the thought. But like, um, I don't think. I don't think I could do that without. Well, well, well. For one thing, right? Like Aristotle talks about this idea of the greatest value something has is the value that it has in it of itself. So, like, if you square that with money, right? Like, where money is only a means to an end, it's like, um, like. I don't know. It, it's it's confusing, but <laughs> I guess ultimately, yes. I, I don't like money. <laughs> no, I get it, man. <laughs> I mean, studying philosophy just just sounds awesome. And uh, as as a low lowly computer programmer, I uh, I wish I could still make that choice, but I'm too old these days. Oh, are you a computer programmer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I write software oh, for a living. <clears throat> but for put the fate, right? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, sorry, it's just just the phrase uh, I said. But for a twist of fate. Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, and nowadays it's the only thing I'm decent at, so I, I just gave up on anything else. You might like a recent conversation Paul had. If you haven't seen it, I think it was like his previous to most his, his previous video, second to recent, 
with, uh, I might as well look it up right now while I'm here. I think that was with a dude who started to study philosophy. Uh, yeah, with Rafi, Rafi, Rafi Kelly, yeah. Uh, that was yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. That was an interesting convo. Uh, we got about uh, 45 minutes left, so we can go on about philosophy, or is there anything in particular you'd like to talk about? Um, are you are you interested in the topic of decadence by chance? Decadence? Did I hear that right? Yes, yes, decadence. Uh, yeah, I'm curious how you're going to to uh, to do that, but go ahead. <laughs> Um, so I was just, just something that's been on my mind is like, how does one avoid decadence, right? Um, in terms of both personally and then organizationally <clears throat> and like this thought comes <clears throat> like in the practical, in terms of my church. Right. Like, how can I and like my church is smaller and it's growing, starting to grow more now. So like during its formative stages, right, like I would want to instill an anti-decadence, as it were, within it. So that's like what's mostly been on my mind. So like, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I'd ask you to define decadence so that we know what we're talking about. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Decadence. Um, Well, I would go with the dictionary definition. That's what I've been working on. Let's see here. Characterized or characterized by or reflecting a state of moral or cultural decline. So that's what I would say the definition is. Okay. So, okay. So we're talking ancient Rome. I got it. Um... And how do you, do you currently observe it in your church? Well, I think, I think if things are left naturally without intervention, it will, like, it will lead to decadence inevitably if it succeeds. I think if it's, I think success ultimately leads to decadence. So that's why while my church is before like that point of success after success or enough success, right, to start forming decadent, if I can somehow do something now to prevent it in the future, right, like instill either like an idea or a group or something, like now would be the time to strike, right? Before the roots are in too deep. It so makes... I personally do not observe anything right now. Not right now, but you think it might happen? I think it's inevitable. Without like outside act. Because as your church grows, it will become to see its success as a given. Is that what you're saying? So I think I think once success starts, it's hard to see outside of that framework. So like whatever ways got you there, it worked, right? You're successful now. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of mindset leads to Again, dec decadence, right? Stagnation. Um, you can't push forward, right? If you can't strive for change in that way, right? Through your own actions, right? Not just like resting on your laurels, but tr like still grasping, right? Still chasing. Yeah, I, I would. I would think that depends Sorry, on, on. I would think that depends on whether you, for whether you still remember how you got there. 
Right, yeah. Because if you view it as manifest uh-huh. destiny, like this was supposed to happen, then, well, obviously it happened. But if you came there through careful cultivation, let's say in your church's view, uh, careful uh, uh, a cultivation of a, a healthy congregation and community, then, well, maybe, maybe they, it depends whether they'd be able to see the fragility of it and how easily things can change. Like, look at what COVID does, you know, that, that tore away a lot of decadence in a lot of places where like, well, things are just as they are and we've deserved that because we've worked hard. So there's this psychological phenomenon where successful people, depending of course, will automatically, when they're successful, um, see that as a consequence of what they've done as as personal accomplishments. And if other people don't, well, then they just need to work harder because... I've worked hard and I've I've gotten where I need to be. So if I can, anyone can. And I, I think that goes for people as much as institutions made up by those same people. So I don't know, man, if your church came from humble beginnings and it grew, then it might, it might be able to remember where it came from. But if it came... If it if it's seen some hard times, and I'm sure that that C19 is causing your current church some hard times, then yeah, one would hope that they sort of remember afterwards. Like, well, remember when we weren't allowed to be in there at all? When we were allowed to be there with 30 people at most, with careful distancing and everything live streamed. I mean, the moment my church will be open again for everybody, which is, you know, in general, like 200 people every service, that's going to be something because we're all going to be very, very wary of what it was like a couple of months before. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I would agree with that statement. I think ultimately, like, having context of your situation, right, um, helps against that kind of decadence. But I'm also interested in like what kinds of systems and in the personal level, what kind of habits right, are instilled that lead to decadence and then later on would help like continue like and strengthen it over time. So that's the stuff I'm, I'm just kind of like looking at like so here's like, the, actively. Here's the thing my, my wife and I do. <clears throat> And I, I kind of started doing that after I became Christian, uh, or at least when I was trying to do that. And I wondered, well, what can I do that doesn't uh, doesn't frighten my elephant too much, you know? <laughs> or at least, what can I do that doesn't frighten the rider too much? Because the elephant had already barged down in the church somewhere, and I was still trying to find where he'd gone. But what we started to do is, okay, whenever we have dinner, we say what we're thankful for. So, okay, so we have dinner. A lot of people don't have dinner or they don't have the nice dinner that we have or the health or the nice house or, you know, parents are still alive. Or, you know, you, you kind of count your blessings. And it doesn't need to be a whole list, but you kind of just, you're aware of what you've got and how easily it can go. And so I think that sort of attitude to, okay, a daily reflection on, well, how am I doing and how could it be otherwise? You know, what would hell be like right now? That, that can apply to, to people and to, again, to people and institutions. Like, okay, so here we are as a church and we're doing really well and look at all these people who love us and we have 10 new members every week and we should be really, really grateful for the fact that that's happening because, I don't know, imagine some pandemic sweeps the country. Or is that not what you mean? Yeah, no, that's definitely along the lines of, like, what I'm thinking. But what I would say in response would be, how do you know that you are truly grateful in a sense, right? So, like, an example that I would I would um, give would be, so, again, I'm, I'm fairly young, right? Mm-hmm. So, when... Or, so, like, when 9-11 happened, right, to give an example, I was one years old. Right? Oh, jeez, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, 
right that that puts things into perspective right yeah so thanks. and like this is especially more so <laughs> my apologies but <laughs> this is more so like especially for me right because i do not have that context i do not truly understand like what happened there right mm -hmm. that day like how impactful what the world how the world changed around it shaped itself around it the emotions that were felt the tragedy the devastation right of seeing those two towers fall right and all those innocents die right yeah for no true reason right can i say that i understand that right can i say that i know that if i watched the video of the two of the towers falling a thousand times over can i say that i know it any more than a person who was there at the ground right a person who was just watching it live on television like how can i truly know and understand that right because without understanding and truly knowing that right how can I appreciate, right, that moment and, and like feel it throughout my life, right? Because if I truly know something, if I truly grasp something, it should change me in a way, right? Mm -hmm. As, so like, that's like, that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now because my, my lack of experience ultimately leads me into ignorance. But it's an ignorance that I do not, know that i'm ignorant of right how do i uncover that ignorance how do i uncover those um assumptions and like again i found this before with the philosophers right as much as i thought i understood and respected them i did not understand until i was within their works sure so like my only current answer is to just live through things but like that only works up to a certain extent so like that's what i would say in in response yeah, and I don't think that's 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 wrong. I mean, but you are limited, and I I mean, I appreciate how aware you are of your own limitations. I think the best you can do is, yeah, read about these events that you weren't around for, and like I've I've read good parts of uh, Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago, and. Um, I've, I've, you know, read about the atrocities of of the wars that I was never in, and believe me, I'm really appreciative of the the absolute heaven that I inhabit. And I think, to a degree, in, in to to keep it sort of Petersonian, if you know the hell that exists and the role that you could have played in it, that will keep you from wanting to go there, or at least it will keep you aware that that possibility exists. And then you also know the sort of heaven you can point to. So um, in the in the self-improvement server, we're currently with a small group, we're doing uh, Peterson's self-authoring program, which is uh, a program he uh, designed with a bunch of uh, other psychologists. And you basically write your own biography, but it's, it's a guided system. So we started with uh, writing all our past, our, our present faults, which it's, and then we kind of discussed them and now we are describing our, our future. And what happens is as part of the future authoring program, you're asked to at some point describe your heaven. You, you should just daydream for 15 minutes about your heaven and what would it be like and who would you be like and who would the people around you be? Or what would your work be like? Just total go all out there. Like what is heaven to you? And then afterwards you do what is hell to you. And I think having an awareness of those two possibilities really helps you be grateful for when you are not walking towards hell and that you, you successfully navigated towards heaven. So this is fresh in my head because I was writing about my hell and my heaven last night. And I noticed that, okay, my heaven is where I wake up in the morning and I do my workout and I write in my journal and I pray kind of have to have a morning ritual. And, you know, this was kind of just me daydreaming and I was, in, I was surprised that came out of it. So I decided, okay, went to bed on time, set my alarm for early and got up, did my workout, wrote in my journal and prayed. And I don't pray in the morning. Like this was kind of the first time I did that. I usually pray in the evening and Hey, I've, I've had a great day. I've been, you know, not not very stressed i've had a good day at work i've been in a good mood I haven't yelled at the cat or oh, good so 
I can be <laughs> I can be really appreciative that I didn't navigate myself towards that hell. I, I I as far as decadence goes, I think being this aware of where you are navigating in life and as you said, you know, being a proper agent, I think that's one of the better ways of going to going about that. Well, I appreciate that. Um, do you have any other topics you might want to discuss? <laughs> now we're about in an hour, so <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, <laughs> "Hey, man, I love this. This is great." All right. You cool with uh, this being posted online? By the way. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm alright with that. All right. I, I always ask. So, hey man, I, again, I really like talking to you. I, I hope uh, I hope to see you on the Renos United channel at some point, talking about the philosophers you're reading. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right, thank you so much. Have a nice or night, I suppose, for you. <laughs> bye bye.